Welcome to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a podcast for the innovators from the experts. We know that you're busier than ever, and the last thing you need as a business applications innovator is a lengthy, drawn-out podcast where you walk away with the possibility of learning something new. Well, that's how the Digestible Dynamics Podcast is different. Each episode will contain one digestible tidbit about Dynamics 365 that you can immediately apply to your business. With the combined experience of three decades in the business application space, Dr. KJ and I understand that the power of technology is not about the features and functions, but rather the value it can bring to your business to help you transform and drive growth. That's why we'll focus on the most useful things that you need to know about the Dynamics 365 platform. Welcome everyone to the Digestible Dynamics Podcast, your number one source for snackable tidbits that help you optimize your Dynamics 365 experience. KJ, as you know, my wife and I recently moved from Denver to the Orange County area, and we took your suggestion to go through New Mexico, through Arizona, then to California. Well, one, I want to know how the drive was, but two, I'm glad you guys didn't go through the Rockies, right? I'm from Utah. I I know what those mountains will do to you. So truly happy. Truly happy for you. Thanks, man. The drive was long, roughly 18 hours of driving. And thankfully, we didn't hit any snow. A couple of rainstorms through Arizona, but luckily no snow. Well, that's great because I do not like snow. Hence why I live in Texas now. But glad you got there with no problems on that long road trip. Yeah, it was great quality time, that's for sure. It also helped me appreciate the fact that we have well-kept critical infrastructures that span across the entire country. Roads, electricity, water, heat, and bathrooms are things I take for granted on an everyday basis, but I now have a better appreciation for. Yeah, no, I totally hear that. Like, I've traveled all over the U.S. and driven more miles than I can count. So I really have an appreciation for the critical infrastructures that we have. But I'm going to digress a little bit and let's dive into today's episode by first introducing our guest, Prasoon. Kevin, can you please do the honors? I'm excited for this episode because we get to understand how the infrastructure we take for granted is benefiting from technology we're so passionate about. So Digestible Dynamics, let me introduce you to Prasoon Sinha. Prasoon is the Global Director of Digital and Automation focused on improving mobility for the traveling public. With over 20 years of experience in planning and managing critical infrastructure, Prasoon has a proven track record of delivering business outcomes through the use of technology-driven mobility solutions. Prasoon is a strategic thinker with a strong background in data, analytics, and customer experience. His passion is to make people's lives easier, better, and safer using the power of STEM. Welcome, Digestible Dynamics. We are so excited to have Prasoon Sinha with Arcadis to talk about how they make Dynamics 365 and the power platform for critical infrastructures a reality. Welcome, Prasoon. Thank you for having me, Kevin and KJ. Awesome. Now, let's dive right in here. And we want to ask you, what are the top digital transformation obstacles customers are facing within the critical infrastructure space? Very good question. Uh, There are many, but I'm going to stick with the top ones. The main issues they face is the silos. Silos between the systems they they already have in place, whether it's uh, digital systems or physical systems. Silos between the data that they might have in a variety of different places. And the other silo is the silos between their departments or silos between their own people, which they might be doing redundant things and not be aware of it. So this is definitely one uh, key area to address, uh, addressing those silos. One other one 
which is related to silos is not having the right information in the hands of right stakeholders at the right time. And when you have those silos, you will have that kind of issue where people are struggling with not having the transparency of insights of what to do, when to do, and uh, why to do it. So I think that's that's a, another key issue. And then I would say security being uh, data, how to keep their data secure from the cyber attacks and the privacy related, that's one other big issue that they're facing. And they're very concerned about it because they also need to be educated on where they can put it without being worried about it. So, um, yeah, I think those are some of the key top issues that I have witnessed. Thank you for that. Yeah, those are a lot of key issues that we're seeing across industries. And from your experience as a partner that makes things a reality for for Dynamics customers, when you see situations where, hey, we need this technology, do you take a step back and say, let's look at your processes first. Let's look at the silos that exist. Because the way I am envisioning it is there are a lot of people that say, oh, we have a problem. Let's just get technology. And that should solve everything. But that's not the case, right? Absolutely. Um one of the first things that we do is really understand what is that they want to do. And um, sometimes the customers and clients are able to say it very clearly. And then there are many times that when we have to hear the unsaid, hear the unarticulated, because they might say something, but they really mean something else, right? So you really have to listen to them and understand what is that they were trying to do and then, you know, there's so many buzzwords on the internet nowadays that can't get rid of it. So they would start sometimes using those in the discussion. So you really need to understand what's the noise and what's that that we really want to do. And therefore, um, you know, that people process technology framework is so critical to understand. So we typically start with the purpose and we kind of uh, draft that. And then we say, what is the current process? Like, what is that doing? The who? is doing what and how. So we kind of map that out fully from end to end. And that clearly shows us the, the red spots there, right? Like where the, the broken communication or with broken technology or silos. And that is a really great starting point for us to then start addressing those things uh, one at a time. And very important thing is that we don't want to we don't typically go them go to them and say, okay, here is a big solution that's going to solve the whole problem two years later. And um, forget about every system that you have bought or invested in the last five years because now we brought in something amazing. That's never going to work and we don't ever do that. So what we do is we always build on their investment. And as we understand their issues and the gaps, we kind of glue those things together to make their processes a bit more automated and um, insightful. You made a good point, Prasoon. Um, the investment, right? And so the investment for this conversation is the power platform, right? And how is that helping really kind of break down some of those silos between different organizations and bringing them together for a more collaborative experience? Man, I'm, I'm in love with power platform. I think since uh, they, uh, Power BI was launched, for some reason, I was uh, I had this vision that this is going to be, become really, really successful, and here we are. So um, I really see Power Platform as a way uh, to glue those silos that I talked about earlier, right? And again, the process I mentioned, which we always use, the people process technology, 
What we do for our clients, which are transportation clients, you know, government clients and water clients and others, we, when we understand those things, we are able to then connect it from site to insight, which is field to the office, right? And so it doesn't matter where the stakeholders are, people are, we can give that phone, like on their phone, they're able to collect the information anytime, anywhere. And as the information is being collected using Power Apps, in this case, the Power BI is being updated for insights, which is also in their hands, right? And then in the back, you have the Power Automate and all those things kind of working to do the workflow automation. So I think to me, all these things, you know, when, when you look at from a user's perspective, they only do two things. They either input the information or see the information, input or output, right? And you have a Power App and you have a Power BI for that. And in the back end, all that magic is happening with the workflow automation. So, so we do this, like this is our first thing that we go in with as soon as we understand that. Now, and then we realize that maybe the need for, um, there's a need for more Azure-based you know, services that we could add to. But I think 80% of the time, they're all already able to see the value in it like very quickly. So I think that's our, always our goal. No, that makes sense. And so are you seeing like a lot of that data go back into Dynamics 365 and then just for that single source of truth? How, how do you see that working for your customers? So a lot of the times, you know, we want to integrate all their data, right? But we don't start with that. We don't start with saying, okay, well, let's integrate all their information because then they feel like, oh man, they're going to do something to, you know, have a centralized database. What we first do is put the insights in their hands as soon as possible, whatever that insight is. And what that does is it helps create the trust, right? And they start trusting the process, the technology, us in terms of helping them. And as they trust us, they start releasing that information. And then we, we have the ability to actually integrate it for reusability and repeatability in future. So I think this is a bit different approach from the more traditional approach of let's do a data integration, data lake project, and then we'll figure everything out. We start with more of a behavioral change using these tools and then lead them to you know, do those things, yeah. Love that, because without the right behavioral habits, the data doesn't really mean anything, right? You need to be able to take the appropriate action and have that data in the right hands to do what the line of business users do best so that the technology is meant to make their lives easier, make their job, be able to do their jobs better. So that's a fantastic way of putting it. Uh, you mentioned security. And when I think critical infrastructures, I think that if security was to go awry, a lot of things could happen on a grand scale. So how do things like the Power Platform help secure the data? Well, I, I think I, we rely on Microsoft quite a bit in terms of their approach of securing the data for different sectors, right? So Microsoft has a cloud for government, cloud for manufacturing, cloud for others. So I think um, that's something that I know that Microsoft takes it very seriously and design those clouds to meet those regulatory requirements. And so I'm much more relaxed when I'm doing that because I know it's covered. Even with that, there are a lot of questions that clients ask, right? Because they want to be educated. At the end of the day, they're going to be held responsible if something uh, held responsible if something happens. So, 
We know that our platform can cover these, but we also go through education. And in that case, I mean, I generally invite a lot of Microsoft reps that we might we have who be able to give a lot more details. We, of course, have our own people. So I think that happens, especially because in many of these organizations, we have IT that has been there for a long time with their traditional ways of doing things or new ways. And it's not easy for them to open things up just like that, right? because they're liable. And so we need to have, we generally have a lot of collaborative sessions with them and start doing pilots. And pilots is a great way for them to see, okay, what's exposed, what's not, and and then build the trust. So that's typically our approach. No, no, I like it. And so are you, you know, you talked about the, the training, you talked about folks that are currently doing something that's not as futuristic as Power Platform, right? How are those individuals being retrained just outside of training? And how are they being you know, brought in to learn more about Power Platform and then execute on the ideas that they have? Great question. I think this is a very important one, given that everything should circle around people, mm. right? technology and all those things will come and go and more things will happen. The people are going to make this real. So at least my approach uh, has been to make people look good and make projects fun, right? And when you do that with any technology that is enabling us to do that, people will learn it, Mm. especially when it has a right user experience. I think the power of the power platform in this case is ability for somebody who doesn't have a lot of technology and coding and other experience, you know, that whole um, self-service aspect of things where people can go and do something and see that, oh my God, I did this. And somebody else sees it and they're like, how did you do that? Show it to me. So I think when you make people look good or they feel good about themselves, you don't have to worry about whether they're going to take that technology or not because they will, right? They want to look good. People want uh, to do that. So, I mean, as an example, I'd say in the past, right? So when you go to client meetings, you would have a 20 years experience like my, I have 20 years of experience. I would, I would be sitting there and, and telling clients, okay, here's the subject matter knowledge. This is a should do. Well, now you can have a, somebody with two years of experience coming in and not only saying they're actually making the clients interact with it. They're like, okay, you take this and you click on here and you're able to see what's the overall budget and how it's split and how the schedule is impacted. And then I'm just sitting on the corner because they take the, you know, the driver's seat and they're like, they're having this gamified experience. You can't replace that because that person is gonna go back and you know, spark like 50 other people right? That, hey, I did this. Um, and it's also a great professional development opportunity for. So I think that's one approach. And then the, you know, so we've applied that in Arcadia. So we started that in 2015, I guess, as I said, in, with Power BI, with one person in our Atlanta office, actually. Now we have over 10,000 people globally wow. that have at least touched Power BI in terms of getting insights or developed it all the way uh, from bottom to all the way to the CEO of Arcata. So this is a great example of how that happens. Fantastic. That's, that's amazing to see that progression and hear about it. 
Prasoon, when we think about the Power Platform, I love that you were talking about that accessibility, putting it in the hands of people that normally would be intimidated. But what if we wanted to elevate it and say using AI? Has Arcadis seen how uh, helped customers use AI and the Power Platform together? Not as much as I would want to. Um, not because they don't want to use AI. There, a lot of people talk about AI because it's there. It's, the words are um, there. And now with the new advancements that we are seeing in the last month of open AI, you know, you can you can see that it become um, much more useful. I think data has to be in the order, right? In order for you to be able to do a lot of these things and training, you need to have data in order. So I think AI is used in many cases for data creation, you know, to go out there, have image recognition-based data collection, right? So you go out there having a sign which has issues with the with it. Now you're taking pictures and videos and able to, you know, geospatially map it where the issues are. So I think that is happening. Drone-based data collection uh, is happening. Um, so that kind of stuff is happening. But AI in the context of modeling the data to get better predictive insights, I think it's more of things that are said than done, uh, if I'm really honest. But it will move fast now with all the new things that are happening. It's 2023 will be a transformational year, from my standpoint, from uh, like AI, you know, how AI will, can evolve. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. We love transformation. We love growth uh, here. But one thing I want you to kind of go back in the archives of, you know, your portfolio. And can you just tell us about a customer story, a real success that whether you worked on it, uh, you know, but Arcadis is a company. Could you provide the listeners that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we've worked for um, many uh, clients using the platform and our knowledge. But uh, in one particular case, a state agency maintains the transportation infrastructure, the highway infrastructure, the traffic signals and all those things. And as you know, that nobody loves it as they go to the traffic signal, it's broken down and there is like flashing everywhere and people don't know what to do, right? So there are all sorts of assets that we as public take for granted as we as we kind of drive on the road. But those assets need to be working. And if it fails, there are a lot of implications. So this state agency, of course, has contract with maintenance of the asset. And we were managing that contract. And we realized very quickly that the process of identifying the issues on those assets in the field and then fixing it there were a lot of manual things that were happening, right? So finding out, then telling somebody, and then telling a contractor, then fixing it, and then finding out that it's fixed, or maybe there is still an issue. So there's, if you map out the process, there were lots of gaps. There are a lot of manual interventions that were happening. So in that case, what we did is we map, started mapping, you know, kind of workflow automation using the power platform, giving um, people the power apps in their hand to enter information. And as they enter, it's available for somebody to view. We also had the map-based, geospatial-based alerts on what's, wow. what needs to be addressed, right? And what needs to be uh, fixed. So, yeah, we did that. And the, the, the agency, you know, doesn't want us to leave anywhere. <laughs> like, you stay. Uh, <laughs> we have many other manual processes that um, we would like to get fixed. So that's one story. And and our staff feel really proud that they were able to do that. Literally in a very, very short period of time, I would say that you can get 
most of these things done in like 20% of the time that would take to develop, uh, you know, traditional software to do that or about the same, you know, maybe 30, 40% of the cost. So sure. It's like good, fast, efficient. Love it. What else you want? <laughs> well, Prasoon, thank you so much for highlighting how the Power Platform is helping people and the Dynamics 365 platform as a whole is helping organizations within the critical infrastructure space. So thank you for sharing that information and we look forward to having you back on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Digestible Dynamics Podcast, a show for you, the innovators, with content directly from the experts. While we only cover one tidbit of Dynamics 365 per episode, if you want to learn more, head over to our LinkedIn page by searching for Digestible Dynamics on LinkedIn so that we can guide you to the right resource to help you maximize your Dynamics 365 experience. If you have any other questions, email your host, KJ and KG at digestibledynamics at microsoft.com. Until next time, folks.